You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. I'm Stephen Simcox. It is Monday, June 14th, and I appreciate you joining me this morning. Um, this will most likely be the only episode I'm doing this week. So it, during the summer, during June and July, Locked On Horn Frogs goes to a three-day-a-week schedule, which will be Monday, Wednesday, Friday. But uh, tomorrow, my wife and I head to the hospital for um, her to get induced and... You know, looks like the baby will be coming either today as she goes into labor or tomorrow um, do that appointment. So definitely not a Wednesday show because I think I'll be a little tied up. Uh, Friday, we'll have to see. Kind of just depends on when we get home and what all that looks like. But I would just plan on this being the only episode of Lockdown Horn Frogs this week. And then I'll try to come back next week and make up for it uh, by maybe doing four or five episodes, depending on how sleep deprived I am. But. Um, thanks for being here today. I wanted to touch on, I talked about a little, I talked a little bit about it on Friday, but it was really in the context with Josh neighbors of, is there going to be a 12 team playoff? What would it look like? And now that we know, uh, the wheels are in motion for a 12 team playoff to happen in college football. What exactly does that mean for TCU? And I mean, there's a lot of angles to this. So first, I mean, they would have made it, obviously, in 2014, would have made it in 2015. 2014, you feel like they would have had a really good chance to win. If the uh, 12-team playoff was instituted in 2014, they would have been the sixth seed. They would have hosted Kansas State at home in the opening round game, which we all know they bludgeoned Kansas State earlier that year uh, under the lights. I think that was a blackout game. That was a really good, really good football game, really good memory. Uh, I know for TCU fans. So had a great chance to win that and then move on from there. Um, but aside from, you know, just more opportunities and there would have been a couple chances retroactively to win a national title. I, I think the biggest advantage for really anybody across the state, but especially for TCU um, or just specifically for TCU, since that's what this podcast is about, is there's a good opportunity here in recruiting. Because there's been a lot of discussions about, hey, why is top flight talent not staying in the state of Texas? And there are a number of good players that are sticking around and staying home. But there's also um, a lot of great five-star recruits, top recruits that are going to Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson. You know, Quinn Ewers is the latest. He was committed to Texas. He flips now to Ohio State. And there's still a lot of time left in his recruitment. So we'll see what happens in the coming months. And often when people talk about that, they're talking about that in the context of Texas and Texas A&M. Which is understandable. But... I feel like all of those things boil down to this, or that issue really boils down to this. There's there's a lot of things that play in that scenario. Guys that want to go play in the NFL, the SEC, and you know, big time schools like Ohio State have proven that it's a good path to get to the NFL. And we can argue also like TCU has done a much better job the past decade or so of producing NFL talent, but still, 
not the level that those schools do. Um, you know, recruiting is more national than ever. 10, 15, 20 years ago, it was not normal for a, a young man to go across the country to play football. But now with games on literally every college football game on TV or some sort of streaming device, obviously with those schools on national television every week, it just, it's become more accessible. But I think the biggest thing is, those are the teams that are playing for national titles and playing in the college football playoff. So they can sell recruits on that. Hey, if you want to come win, come here. If you want to be on the biggest stage, come here. If you want NFL scouts anywhere and everywhere to see you, come here. So this at least provides the opportunity for TCU, among a lot of other schools, to sell the recruits, hey, stay close to home. You can play for a good program that has a proven track record of developing talent. And you can also potentially play for a national title or play in the college football playoff. Because with 12 teams, there's not the scenario anymore where you have to go undefeated. You know, I, I know a lot of TC fans were frustrated because in 2014 it was like, okay, we're finally in a Power 5 conference again. This should be the golden ticket. This is what's been missing. But still got left out. Well, now there's not that scenario of, I mean, if you win the Big 12, you're basically automatically in. But even if you finish second and drop a game or two, there's still a good chance that you're going to be in the mix. So that's out there. That carrot can kind of be dangled now. By the coaching staff. Hey, there's there's an opportunity here. It's expanding. There's a chance to come play on the biggest stage. Maybe we can host. You know, maybe we can host a playoff game. Come be a part of that. Come be a part of something special. Come be the first group of young people to do that here at TCU. And you'd hope that'd be an attractive sales pitch. So, I feel like that's the biggest domino that could fall once this is instituted in 2023 if it gets passed is making a more level playing field across college football because the honest truth is I mean the majority of the great players are going to the top the same five or six schools because those schools are the ones right now that have the best opportunity to win at that level and while college football is fun, I think one of the reasons college football is fun is because it's not just about the national title. There's a lot of things outside of that that people care about, and there's more, more realistic goals your program can have that the fan base can be happy with if you reach them. Still, that's the ultimate goal for everybody. And having that there is a big deal if it's more accessible for you know the country as a whole. So I, I believe that's good news for TCU fans and for the TCU program. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk a little t TCU baseball. Before we do that, though, I want to tell you about betonline.ag. And you might say, hey, it's middle of summer. There's nothing to wager on. Oh, no, you're, you're wrong. Betonline.ag, they're really great at Major League Baseball. So if you want to try your hand at that, there's opportunities every day. There's lines every day. Start betting on baseball over, under, that kind of thing. Also, UFC has been at a toward pace almost every weekend. Lee Sterling and his uh, friends at Paramount Sports, they really know combat sports well. They, they'll give you the exact, you know, bets you need to make, what you need to look for in those fights. 
BetOnline.ag is the promo code locked on and get a 20% sign up bonus. BetOnline.ag, they're your online sportsbook experts, your one stop shop for everything in the gambling world. Again, that's BetOnline.ag. All right, back here on Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily CCU podcast. I'm Stephen Simcox. Um, we're going to focus a little bit on baseball here. We might hit a few other topics in this segment, depending on how long this conversation goes. But I did want to quickly update you. Uh, TCU baseball's got a coaching search going on. At least publicly, that's what they're saying. Uh, Drew Davison from the Fort Worth Star Telegram does a great job reporting these things. He is hearing that a decision could come as early as this week. They are apparently interviewing internal candidates on Monday, which I would assume is Kirk Sarloose, who's the favorite for the job at the moment. And then uh, Bill Mosiello might be getting an interview too. I know former players, um, the one that I saw, I know Jared Jancic was like, hey, hire Kirk Sarloose. Mitchell Traver wrote a long, uh, very well-written letter about, hey, Kirk Sarloose and Bill Mosiello had a huge impact on my life. That's who you should go for. So the momentum seems to be building that way. Um, Davison said he doesn't really think Dan Hefner from DBU is, is a huge player right now. And I would say if they're planning on making the decision this week, that would tell me that the DBU coach is probably out because, I mean, listen, they obviously can reach out to these people through back channels. So it's possible that they reached out to Dan's agent or somebody close to him and just like, Hey, would he be interested in this? And got a no no thanks, and moved on. But Dallas Baptist is playing Virginia today for a chance to go to the College World Series. So there's an opportunity. Their season ends today. There's also the chance their season extends for another week. Um, And maybe they're waiting to see what happens in that game. I don't know. But it feels like everything is trending towards Kirk Sarlis, which, again, I'm fine with. I mean, I know that he has been basically the coach in waiting for a couple of years now for a number of years now. And uh, he's done a really good job with a lot of the pitching staffs that have come through TCU in his time. I am kind of, it's, it's interesting to me. The only thing I have a question about with Kirk is, you know, head coaching experience is not there. So how does he handle like the day-to-day decision-making? And that's just one of those things we're not going to know until we actually see him in a game. You know, to be frank about it, like we won't we won't really get a feel for how Kirk's going to handle things until um, it's three two in the bottom of the seventh, and you know the guy on the mound's struggling. You got to make a decision: do I stick with this dude? Do I bring in somebody from the pen? Who do I bring in from the bullpen? Those kind of things. I would imagine Kirk has a pretty good feel for that as a former pitcher and as someone who worked with these pitchers for a long time. He should have a good idea of, hey, who's who's going to be my shutdown guys? Who's going to work best in these certain situations? But we still have to see it. You know, is there going to be any change in the offensive philosophy? If Bill Moziello sticks around, I doubt there will be. I would think that they still, you know, have an emphasis on trying to drive the ball to the ballpark, um, steal a lot of bases. They've They've really gotten away from the small ball game in the past few years which I think is fine for the most part. I still feel like there's situations where, you know, laying one down is laying down a bunch a good thing. But the bottom line is, like, I and this is not only TCU, this is just from watching Super Regionals this weekend. 
Like, these guys just don't bunt anymore. So asking them to bunt in big situations is kind of foolish just because they're not good at, at actually executing it. I mean, the, I was watching DBU in Virginia yesterday, and um, there were two or three times where it was like, oh, yeah, and this was a 0-0 game for most of it. Virginia finally broke through on the 8th. And there were a couple times in the late innings where you were like, oh, nobody scored, you know, leadoff double, somebody needs to bunt here to get this guy to third. But they just, like, these players just don't do it. They don't do that regularly. They don't do it consistently. So if you ask them to do it only in big situations, it usually fails because they can't get it down. Um, but that's another rant for another day. Bottom line is, the sport is getting away from that, right? So, that's what everybody else is doing. And if Bill Moseyello sticks around, I don't think the offense changes that much. And the offense wasn't a problem this past year, but it did cool off as the year went on. I mean, they came out just hitting everything. And they were really driving the ball to the ballpark. And they actually sort of circled back to hitting more home runs in that regional, but not at the pace that they were early in the season. And some of your big-time hitters just cooled off in a big way. I mean, Phillip Sykes was playing like a National Player of the Year candidate early in the season. And, you know, his batting average got down to like 330. So he dropped like 50 points in a couple months. Zach Humphreys was great all year long, but he stopped driving the ball as much. Um, So I I don't know what that was about. I I think it's just an observation. It does feel like, though, Kirk Sarlis is going to be the guy. And again, I think that's a good hire. I know that's what the players want. Um, so give them that opportunity, give them that chance and move on. You know, I, I just wanted TCU to be sure about like, Hey, let's make sure we know everybody that's interested because I do think this is a really good job. And you might be surprised who would be willing to, to take that opportunity. However, I know a couple of those kind of pie in the sky guys are still managing because their teams are still playing. So it would be really tough to convince them to leave their programs because obviously they're doing well also. But it looks like if not this week, early next week, we'll have a decision on the TCU baseball coach. And again, Drew Davison from the Fort Worth Star-Telegram is saying that um, internal candidates will be interviewed today. So Bill Boziello, Kirk Sarloos, those guys will be getting their opportunity to speak with administration today. And it certainly seems like this is just kind of a formality for Kirk. Goes in, does his thing, and then they will name him the next head baseball coach. At least that's how I'm feeling as of Monday. We'll see how that changes down the road. We'll come back and wrap things up. I do want to tell you about Built Bar before we go. Built Bar is the most delicious protein bar on the market. Only 180 calories. 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of carbs. It fills you up, but it's not going to uh, blow you up, <laughs> I should say. It's it's really it's good for you. Um, some of my favorite flavors, German chocolate, lemon almond cheesecake, coconut brownie chunk. BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON15 and get 10% off your next order or your first order. Try it today, BuiltBar.com. Final thing for you on Locked on Horn Frogs. I saw this tweet today from uh, Jim Nagy, who is the director of the Senior Bowl. And he said, a big question mark this year for NFL scouts is, will Noah Daniels stay healthy? TCU corner. 
Uh, and he went on to say that Daniel shows excellent coverage skills. I'm stoked about the secondary, guys. I, I really think this is an elite unit back there. You know, we've got to figure out some things with the safety position, but I'm confident that as the year goes on, they will. But these corners, Noah Daniels, Keon Stewart, Travis Hodges, Tomlinson, um, it's going to be a fantastic group. And if those guys can hold their own playing man-to-man -man coverage, which you would think they could, I think that presents big opportunities for the pass rush and for this defense as a whole to become a defense that is stifling and can create turnovers. So we'll see how that plays out. I will be back to be determined when I'll be back. I'm going to go to the hospital tomorrow with my wife, and we're going to try to have this baby. And then maybe Friday, maybe next Monday. I'll keep you in the loop. Best way to follow is at LockedOnTCU on Twitter, and I'll update you as the week goes on. Thank you for tuning in today. This has been Locked On Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.